peoples of the worldwide federated internet, what is good? So the area we're getting into today is Exodus chapter 21. I'll admit, I think I'm ill-suited to adequately deal with the things going on in Exodus chapter 21 because you're going to get into servitude and different civil laws concerning servitude. And whenever you get to a place in the Bible where servitude and or slavery, as we call it, is um is dealt with. It's a contentious issue. A lot of people try to use this issue to tear down the Bible, to take away from the Bible's credibility. They use this to falsely charge God. I, I would I would ask you to understand one thing. If you're going to read the Bible and read different things concerning servitude, one, there were very strict rules of how servants were to be treated. You couldn't treat your servants like cattle. That's that's not what this was about. And when you see that, when you see the stipulations and the different rules surrounding having a servant, you you can easily see where how slavery has been carried out, you know, throughout history by many different cultures. It definitely was not the servitude that the Bible sanctioned, and it definitely violated just about every rule the Bible set out for servants. Sometimes people give you answers and the answers are not adequate to to quench that that burning desire in your question to be dealt with. Right. There's been people who I've listened to on many topics and I've had hard questions and they may have enlightened some things and shed light on some things that I didn't understand, but maybe didn't really tackle the question sufficiently, or maybe I felt like it wasn't sufficient. I'll tell you right now, I'm probably not going to do the topic of uh, slavery justice, especially coming from Exodus chapter 21. I wanted to lay that caveat out right out the gate because when I do my, when I do my, Bible study, I ask myself questions. Now, with my videos in mind, sometimes different questions come into play. It, it just is what it is because I'm human. I understand how this works. I understand that if someone is listening, they might say to themselves, okay, what about this? Right? So I ask myself questions that I believe someone listening might ask themselves when they hear certain things. And I try to work out, okay, what does the Bible say about this thing? Now, sometimes it takes me a long time as I'm thinking through these things, trying to figure out, okay, how do I address this? And then sometimes I realize I need to deal with this topic at a topical level and move forward, or this will turn into a deeper study on something that I don't necessarily have a full grasp on. And I try not to act like I understand things 
better than I do. If I don't really have a full grasp, I'll just say I don't really understand it. And I think this is a good place to be sometimes because people are under this impression that if you don't understand everything the Bible says about everything, then somehow that's going to poke holes in your belief. No, there's many things you don't understand and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you just need to come back to it. You need to know your limitations. I know when I get into areas where I'm like, yeah, I don't have this nailed down and this doesn't necessarily poke a hole into my biblical belief. I just need to do some more studying. So we're going to get to the book of Exodus chapter 21 and verse 1. Let's get into this. Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou, by an Hebrew servant, six years uh, he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. Now that word servant right there is the Hebrew word uh, ebed. And of course, it means slave, servant, uh, manservant, subjects, uh, servants, worshipers. These are different uh, definitions under this word. Uh, it's translated as servant, manservant, bondman, bondage, bondservant. So this is definitely dealing with, you know, what we would call slaves. The translators in the King James Version went with the translation from that word to the word servant. And I think some other translations use the word slave. And that's something I'd like to get into. Uh, there was a time in my life, and I went over this before, where I was a, what I would call a King James onlyus. Now, I have translated from that um i no longer hold that position i prefer the king james bible this is what i grew up on this is the bible when the bible that my mom had around the house growing up it was a king james bible why she only had king james bibles i can't tell you it's the bible she had so when i read the bible growing up it was in old english this is what i read I got saved. The church I was going to was King James only uh, church. So it's what I'm familiar with. It's what I remembered verses out of. So this is the translation that I use. I'm thankful for all the different uh, men and women who have labored in the translation of the Bible. I'm thankful for all the linguists who studied you know, most of their lives and understand linguistics and language at a level that I probably will never understand that put painstaking hours into translating these ancient Hebrew, Greek and Aramaic words from the Bible into English. I think sometimes you can easily get thrown off by the only this or that version arguments and you can you can miss the the beauty and the fact that God has maintained his word in English for us. Now, I could go on a whole nother tangent when it comes to translations right there. But again, for sake of time and not taking this in a direction I did not intend to take it, I'm not going to do all of that. But anyway, 
So servant, right? So six years, they were supposed to serve. And in the seventh year, they were supposed to go free. And notice, this was a servant from their own people. It was in Hebrew. Verse three, if he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master have given him a wife and she have borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters and he shall go out by himself. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife and my children, he will not go out free. Now, it's interesting that in the wife would have to stay if the wife was provided by the master. So, but again, you also have to take an account. So when you look at servitude, as far as the old Testament is, is concerned. And as far as the Bible is concerned in general, don't necessarily conflate what the Bible is saying with, let's say the slavery of America and, or the slavery of Egypt, because you remember what they're coming out of, right? How these people were treated by the Egyptians. And I would imagine because of what they experienced in Egypt. Now you have to remember this was 400 years of involuntary servitude and slavery. So inevitably they would pick up some of the habits of the Egyptians. One of those things would probably be having servants. And even before they were in Egypt, uh, you know, Abraham had servants. This was commonly done. But anytime you see this, anytime you see one of these Old Testament figures with servants, pay close, pay close attention to how they treat their servants. Pay close attention to the relationship their servants have with their masters. Now, you may you may say they only had that relationship because of um I, I can't remember what they what they call this thing, but uh, where a slave will eventually give in to loving his master, even if he's treated poorly. I don't think that was the case in the Old Testament. From everything I've seen, these servants were actually treated with dignity and respect. And when you look at the stipulations put on masters on how they were to treat their servants biblically, that's how it was supposed to be. Okay, so if if the servant wanted loved his wife and his children, he could stay. Um, where are we at? Verse five or verse six. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his heir through with an all and he shall serve him forever. And now this is where why I said you get into areas where there's things I don't understand. I don't understand exactly what was going on here. I, I comprehend what I'm reading, but I don't necessarily understand the, the significance. And these are things that I have to go back and do some more cultural research. I want you to understand that there are many things in the Old Testament that if you don't really have a full cultural context, 
for what's happening, you won't you will not really understand it. That it, it is what it is. That that is just the truth. There's a lot of things that are done that culturally we don't do and culturally we are so removed from that we just don't understand. And I do not try to or even pretend that I understand these things. And if I don't, I'm willing to say it. I don't. I comprehend what I'm reading. I know what just happened. But I think there's some cultural uh, significance behind this that I don't understand. Verse seven. And if a man sell his daughter to be a maidservant, she shall not go out as the men servants do. Now, this is a man selling his own daughter again. This is why I say there are certain cultural things that happen during this time that in order to really get a grasp of this, you probably not probably you really do have to go back and do some studies into the culture of the time. Imagine someone. A hundred years in the past, 150 years in the past, seeing things that's done now or reading about things that are done now, they would have no way to understand well, why are they doing this? Why would they do this this way? Why would they do this? I don't understand. This doesn't make sense because they don't have the cultural reference. And I will admit, sadly, that I don't really have that cultural reference. There's a lot of things about ancient Hebrew culture that I don't understand that I'm I'm going to make some efforts to look into. This is actually exciting for me. This is this is made I know I'm kind of rambling in this podcast. Forgive, forgive me. This has made studying the Old Testament for me even more enjoyable because I realize the reason I missed so much early on reading my Bible is because there's a lot of things that would have helped me moving forward that I avoided, like looking into ancient Hebrew culture. And it's exciting because I've been saved for 20 years and really it's like the Bible is has become in the last, I'd say, three or four years, a new book. And I've read this thing and it's like it, it's opened up even more because I've kind of left the preset positions I had and I realized it's OK to not understand and to look into something further before I thought I had to know everything. So I had to I had to read something and develop an opinion immediately just to debate someone. That was my sole purpose. Now I just want to know what the Bible says. I don't really care about the debate or about being right. I just want to know what the Bible actually says. Okay. Verse eight. If she please not her master who hath betrothed her to himself, then shall he let her be redeemed. To sell her unto a strange nation, he shall have no power, seeing he hath dealt deceitfully with her. So there are certain things that the master could not do. You could not sell uh, this woman into a foreign nation. She had to be redeemed to her family. Uh, verse 9. And if he hath betrothed her unto his son... He shall deal with her after the manner of daughters. So she's treated just like uh, a blood daughter, blood family member. 
So again, what you're seeing through all of this and none of this, do you see a license to treat these servants unfairly? You don't you don't find that or see that anywhere in here. As a matter of fact, it's to the contrary. And this is why when people attack the Bible and they use the 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 act of uh, slavery and they use that to attack the Bible, I always make an effort to say, okay, well, let's actually look at what the Bible says about this and see if this form of slavery you're talking about fits the guidelines of the Bible. And nine times out of 10, it does not. Uh, verse 10, if he take him another wife, her food, her raiment, and her duty of marriage shall not be Diminish or shall he not diminish? So if this man betrothed this woman and then took another wife, he can't now defraud this woman from what she's due. <laughs> Translation, if you're going to have two wives, you better be able to take care of all of them. I've always said people always uh, not always, but I've heard people bring up the issue of polygamy several times because they'll bring up. You know, David is one of the prime examples they bring up with all the concubines and things he had. I always say, look, you can you can try to justify whatever you you could make the argument that the Bible doesn't, you know, say anything against polygamy. I, I won't argue with you to that fact. But what I will say is you better be t you better be able to mentally handle that and you better be able to financially take care of that situation. Yeah, that's a lot. I don't think I could do it. Uh, verse 11. And if he do not these unto her, then shall she go out free without money. So again, there were major stipulations to what you could do to servants and to what you could do to maidservants. And this doesn't look anything like the slavery I've seen throughout different cultures and historically it looks nothing like what's described here and again that's why when people bring up that issue for me it's not a problem to, for, to open my bible and refute those attacks because again the slavery they're talking about looks nothing like this nothing at all he that smiteth a man so that he die shall be surely put to death. Now, remember what I said when we were in the book of Exodus chapter 20, thou shalt not kill, right? Now, if you read that and you have nothing else in a Bible, what you would immediately think is, okay, capital punishment is off the table because this is something we cannot do. Now, when you read this, he that smiteth a man so that he die shall be surely put to death. So clearly, right, thinking logically, clearly, when you go back to Exodus chapter 20. OK, so this is indiscriminate killing. Right. This is some 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 Bible translations translate, I think, is Exodus chapter 20. They translate that as murder. Right. And not killing. Which is a, which is a, which is a good translation. Again, not going to get into all of that. There's there's no way I could go through Exodus 21 and go through these verses and cover and answer every question 
that anyone would have about slavery. Surely there's going to be someone, someone out there somewhere that says, oh, but you didn't talk about that. Oh, you passed over this. Oh, you passed over that. Look, it's not because I'm, I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm not afraid to talk about anything that's within the Bible. That doesn't mean I understand every single thing. And that doesn't mean I have an explanation for every single thing. But I'm not afraid to talk about any subject because the Bible is complete. God is holy and he is perfect in every single way. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.